Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'll let Pastor Chris and I am Pastor Ryan, and we are in week three of At The Movies. Uh, we're so excited that you decided to join with us this morning, whether you are in person or online. Uh, thanks for taking the time to tune in. Um, as you just saw, today's movie, and like Pastor said, is not Fast and Furious 37, but is uh, Fast and Furious 39, the ninth installment in the franchise. And uh, with the ninth movie, Fast and Furious actually moves into, I think, like the top 10 uh, most movies in a franchise. Uh, so my question for you this morning is, does anybody know the franchise with the most movies? Maybe online you can drop it in there, but anybody can yell it out? Anybody? I think I heard it one time. So I feel like the, contrary to popular, I think the popular opinion would be maybe Marvel, right? Tons of Marvel movies. And Marvel actually has 23 movies out right now. I think uh, Black Widow, which comes out in a couple weeks, uh, will be the 24th. But the one series with 25 movies is James Bond. James Bond is the uh, film series with the most in it. Um, but Fast and Furious, the original Fast and Furious, was released in 2001, right? 2001, 20 years ago, and introduced us to Dom and his group of street racers. Uh, in that first movie, they were stealing electronics, while an undercover cop named Brian was you know, tasked with infiltrating the group and, and bringing them to justice. Um, but to clarify, and I, I told you, so 2001, that was 20 years ago, was when this uh, franchise first started, I have a picture to kind of put that into perspective, right? And so this picture uh, that we'll throw up here was the electronics that they were stealing in 2001. I don't know if you can really tell, but that is a sweet uh, VCR mini box TV combo. I don't know if you, anyone else had one of those. I think we had like a white one in our house. Um, but that's the kind of stuff they were stealing in 2009 when, or 2001 when this series uh, first came out. But what basically has happened over the course of 20 years of this series, uh, the main core group of characters has grown and evolved to include a bunch of different people. Uh, and if you've watched any of the movies, any of the eight movies or ninth now, uh, you know that the theme of this movie is what? Family, right? The theme is a family, uh, not one of blood, right? But a family that chose each other and, and loves each other and still chooses to be together, right? And so finally in the ninth movie, uh, this idea of, of family and the family that is chosen, not, not your blood family, uh, they take it and they kind of try to like turn it on its head a little bit. And um, I mean, no matter what, like we can, we're going to look at a biblical theme from this movie, no matter what, it's about fast cars and crazy stunts, right? It's fast and furious. That's all it's really about. But it, what's kind of cool is w without giving too much away, when you really get uh, deep into it, um, the ninth movie is all about Dom coming face to face with his brother. You saw in the trailer his brother, whose name is Jacob. And that is his actually uh, biological brother. And obviously you can see from the trailer that the two are not on good terms at all. Right? Jacob, John Cena's character, feels betrayed by Dom. Right? He's had to uh, grow up on his own, learn everything on his own. And so again, it's this contrasting idea of the loner, who is biological family, versus like the chosen group of people who he considers his family now. And um, so when we look deeper into it, right, the idea of the individuals making up a whole, like, so it's the loner versus the individuals who make up the whole of the team, that message we can look at is maybe a little bit biblical, right? So if you look at, again, the character Jacob, he's grown up on his own. He's learned all these skills on his own, right? 
So obviously he's going to be fighting Dom and his crew. And so he's a, he's a skilled assassin. He's a skilled driver. He's a skilled hand-to-hand combat guy, right? So he's good at all of these things, right? But when you look at the group of people who make up Dom's family, they're good at a lot of things, but each one of them kind of has a specific skill, right? Each member of the team has a specific skill. There's obviously the leader, there's the tech guy or girl, there's the, the fighter, the driver, whatever it is. Right? And whereas the one guy, his brother, is as good at all different things, each of these people, a part of the family, are great at one thing. Good versus great. And that's where the climax of the whole movie kind of comes into play, the individual versus the whole. And so that's kind of the direction I want to go in this morning. Uh, last week, if you listen to the message, Pastor Chris talked about our need for a family, right? a church family. And I really kind of just want to kind of branch off that, continue off of that, and show you not only how or why you need a family, but actually that you were created and designed for it. And so what we're going to get into today and, and what I'm about to tell you and talk about is honestly what I think one of the most important things I think Christians need to hear and understand, but also at the same time one of the hardest for them to uh, truly believe and accept. Right, but what I just want to go ahead and, and lay it out there and then try and show you, right, the thing I want you to understand is that no matter what is going on in your life right now, right, whatever your past looks like, whatever mistakes you've made, whatever other people say about you or whatever maybe you even think about yourself, right, the idea is that you are invaluable to God. You are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. Right, you're an invaluable part of this team. And I know you may not be able to just take that at, at face value, but if you think about it, you are uniquely valuable to God because he created you as you, right? Your value is found in just the simple fact that you are you, right? You are one of one. And because of that, again, you are invaluable, right? In Mark 18, we see, you probably know the story of, you know, the, the guy and he's a shepherd and he has a hundred sheep. One sheep takes off, and what does he do? Right? He, he leaves the 99 and chases down the one because that one, that one sheep is that valuable. Right? You are the one. You are that valuable. You are created with this intrinsic value. And not only that, you were created to be you right? and make a difference in God's church as God's church. Right? We were created to make a difference in the body of Christ. But, you know, I think the trouble is that we often feel like, you know, probably like we're not good enough, right? We're not good enough to be a part of this team. We aren't good enough. We aren't smart enough. We aren't wealthy enough. We don't have enough time. Or we've made too many mistakes, you know, to make a difference now in this way as a part of this team. Right? The lie that so many, as of, so many of us believe is that if I weren't here, it wouldn't really matter. Right? If I weren't doing my little part it wouldn't make that big of a difference. On Sunday morning, if I weren't here to hold that door, it wouldn't really matter. Someone else would do it. Right? If I weren't here to pour that cup of coffee, it wouldn't matter. Someone else would take care of that too. Right? If I'm not here to, to love on the kids in kids ministry or our students on Wednesday nights, it wouldn't matter. It would get taken care of. Right? If I don't go to that service project, they have plenty of people. It won't make a difference. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. At all of this, everything that we are able to do as the body of Christ, the building that is going up right next door, is all because of everyone coming together and saying, my time does matter. 
Right? My effort matters. My gifts do matter. The Apostle Paul was actually talking about that same thing uh, in Corinthians. Actually, 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, so he's talking to the people of Corinth, the people um, in Corinthians. And what's, what's interesting is this crowd that he's talking to, um, it's not like wealthy people, noble people, right? People of noble birth that are high up in some kind of food chain. He's talking to these people who are slaves, who are, you know, working folks, blue-collar people. And so he compares them to a body. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12, he says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Right, so the body of Christ is like a human body. All right, let's think about that. So I wake up in the morning, uh, I'm hungry, Right? I wake up in my hungry. I had the brain to realize that I'm hungry and to tell my body to get out of bed. I had the legs to take me to the kitchen. I had the hands to, to grab something out of the refrigerator. I had the, the mouth to accept the food that I just got. I had the, the jaw and the teeth to, to you know, chew it up. I had the esophagus and the neck muscles to get it down. I had the stomach to digest it. And then I'm going to stop there because you know what's, what's rest. <laughs> right? But it's so cool. You have all these individual parts of your body all working together, right? Honestly, without you even thinking about it. I mean, you think that you're hungry, obviously, so you go to stop what you want, but all the parts of your body working together to form this system, right? This system, all these parts are individuals, yet they come together to form our digestive system, right? We have the respiratory system, the nervous system, individual parts that have a name, right? They have their own name, but then take on a new identity, as part of a system, part of a whole. Let's look at it a different way, animals. Animals, right, uh, they have a specific name. Let's take, for example, uh, an elephant. An elephant is an elephant, right? What is a group of elephants called? A herd. A group of elephants is a herd. How about this one, a lion? You got a lion or a lioness. What is a group of lions called? A pride, right? How about this one, a cheetah? A cheetah, you got an individual cheetah. What is a group of cheetahs called? That's a little tougher. A coalition. A group of cheetahs is called a coalition. Last one, how about this? What is a group of donkeys called? Be careful, right? We are in church. Got to be careful with that one. But no, they're actually called a pace. A pace. It's kind of interesting, I thought. But it's an interesting idea, Right? Each individual animal has one name specific to them, but, but a group of these animals takes on a new identity. So how about this one? What would you call someone who has submitted their life to Christ? Someone who knows and loves God. A Christian, a disciple, like a believer, all the same thing, right? What about a group of Christians or a group of disciples? Now you are the church. And now you are the body of Christ because when you are a part of a group of believers, when you are a part of the church or the body of Christ, you now have a new identity. Right? You are a part of the body. Right? You, are, you are on the team. You are a part of the system. You are parts of the body. You are, you know, you're the feet of the church to, to go take the gospel to places that it isn't now. Right? You're, the, you're the hands that get to serve this community. You're the mouth that gets to pick people up with words of encouragement. You're the heart that gets to spread the love of Christ with those around you. 
You are part of the body. And what you have to understand is that every single part of the body matters. Right? Every part of the body matters. You matter. You make a difference. And again, I know a lot of times that's hard to believe. A lot of times that's hard to accept because the enemy is always beating us down with words of discouragement and failure and disappointment. You hear other people say you don't matter. You see other people act like you don't matter. You see the world going on around you, you know, seemingly without taking you into account whatsoever. But the thing is, you matter to God. You matter to this body, this church. You are invaluable to this. And I'm going to keep hammering this home, this idea of, you know, the parts together being worth more than they are separately. Let's look at our construction project. Kind of hard to miss when you come in, right? It's looking pretty good. I think we've got just a couple more months on it. We're excited about it. But every single morning that I've come in, I'm sure all of our staff have come in for the last however many months, there have been construction materials littering the entire campus. Right? As soon as demo was done of the old building, it was the concrete and the rebar to lay the foundation. After that, it was the steel and the beams and the, the metal studs and the wood to, you know, build up the structure. Then it was the roofing material to seal it all in. Right? It was the endless amounts of, of piping and conduit for the fire system and the electrical and all this kind of stuff. Right? The insulation, the HVAC, the ductwork. Now it seems like a sheetrock and glass, just endless amounts of it going in every day. Right? And while all these things are good on their own, and honestly a little more expensive than at least I thought, right? they're still just material. Individual parts that when put in piece together in the right way create this amazing facility that we're going to be able to use to serve our community for generations to come. Right, the individual parts do matter. Every part matters. Let's look at it, though. Paul keeps going in his human body metaphor. Uh, verse 14, 14 of that passage. He says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not of the party because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? It's funny because I think he's addressing the issue here that I know like a lot of us jump right into. I think I do as well. You know, well, if we're assigning body parts, if we're giving people specific body parts, I'm probably just like a little toe or something, right? A little insignificant toe. You know, if we're, if we're divvying up body parts, you know, Tom and Linda over there, they're so important. They're probably a hand. You know, Bill and Susan over there, they're super important. They're probably a leg. Wendy over there, she's never being quiet and always has an opinion, so she's obviously the mouth, <laughs> right? I really don't matter. I don't contribute that much. I'm probably just something insignificant like a little toe. Let me tell you something. I had a couple of nights ago, uh, I was running around the kitchen island with my daughter. And I think I was just chasing her or something. And she has one of those, if you have kids, you might have them like a, a wooden stool thing that can you know, climb up and reach the counter and wash your hands at the sink and stuff. And it's one of those big, heavy wooden ones that can't tip over. And so I'm running and chasing her around our kitchen island. And that thing was sticking out just a little bit farther than normal. And I caught my toe on that thing. Right, much my little, like my fourth toe, it dropped me like a rock. Like I had been shot. I was down on the ground, 
screaming. She's laughing at me, thinking I'm doing something funny, right? Like it was, it was incredibly painful. I for sure broke it, fractured it, still throbbing today, right? So you may think you're something little and insignificant like a toe, but watch what happens when something happens to that toe, right? Watch what happens when something to something that seems so insignificant, Every part matters, even the seemingly insignificant ones. Paul keeps going in verse 22. He says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Paul must have caught his little toe on a wooden stool too. Right? He understands. He knows. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. That's what he says. And then he goes on in verse 27. He says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Right? Each of you is a part of the body, and each of you is important, no matter how seemingly unimportant or how behind the scenes what you do may seem. Right? Because that's another lie that we get told continuously, and I think we do just believe at face value, that what you do has to be seen to be important. Right? Here's another good point to take note of, and it's that visibility does not equal importance. Right? Visibility does not equal importance. Just because what you do may not be visible does not mean it doesn't matter. Right? Just because other people don't see you doing it doesn't mean it's not important. Just because somebody doesn't see you getting the bulletins ready on a Friday afternoon for the service on Sunday does not mean it doesn't matter. Right? Just because someone didn't take a picture of you at the service project and put it on social media does not mean it wasn't important. Just because someone doesn't see you give your time or your financial resources doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. How about this good example? Prayer. Prayer. I promise that, that praying in private makes what happens in public possible, right? Private, our public miracles are seen because of what happens in private. That's the power of prayer. So visibility does not equal importance, right? And, and what's great, it happens all the time in, in the work of the body of Christ, right? Like I've been to um, Peru a couple of times on a missions trip, and every time we go, we pass out thousands of these little uh, they're called tracks. Uh, they're kind of like small little books of the Bible comprised together. A lot of times they're the four Gospels. You know, we've handed out thousands of those things. And I couldn't tell you if a single one of them ever made an impact in the lives of the person that we handed them to. I'd love to believe so, but there's no way I could tell you. That's between them and God. All right, listen, you may never know what the things you do as a part of this, as a part of the body of Christ, the church will do. You may never know what opening that door on a Sunday morning for someone who is deathly terrified of walking into a church for the first time and just smiling at them, you never know what that'll do. You never know what pouring them a cup of coffee and handing it to them and saying, don't worry about it, it's free. Right? You'd never know what that will do. You never know what being an assistant in a life group and making friends with that one person who doesn't have, you know, a community of believers to, to lean on. You never know what that'll do. You never know what, you know, loving on kids on Sunday morning or students on Wednesday night, you never know the difference that could make in their lives. 
And so it's a challenge for you this morning. You know, we talk all the time about we're not, you know, scared to challenge people to volunteer. And this morning, you've got a connect card right in your little bulletin. If you're watching online, there's a link to it right there as well. The last thing under my decision today has all the different things that you can sign up and serve with. All the different ways that you can use your gifts specifically bestowed upon you to do good in the body of Christ. And so that's my challenge for you this morning. Where, where do you need to use your gifts? Where can you sign up right now and make a difference? Because again, let me tell you this, the things you're going to do as a part of it are invaluable. And what's crazy is you may be the only person who can make a difference in that area. You may be the only person who could have done exactly what it needed to be done for that one person at that exact time. And again, why is that? You know, how could that actually be? It's because you are so valuable and created with intrinsic gifts, again, that God specifically bestowed upon you, nobody else. You were created to be a part of this body of Christ, and you are capable because of that. Right? You didn't have to do anything to qualify yourself. You didn't have to go to any school, get any certifications. The mere fact that you are you and you were created by God qualifies you. And then in turn, because of that, the body honestly doesn't work as well when you don't use your gifts. Right? When you aren't present in the areas where God wants you to be. And to be honest, at that point, you know, it's just as much for you as it is for the people that you impact. Right, what, what about this? What happens when, um, you know, like you have a, a surgery or something and, and you have to lay down a long time to recover? Or uh, maybe there's some kind of sickness or disease that, and you can't use part of the body. What happens to the muscle? Right, it goes to sleep and then honestly, it, it starts to die. Right? The atrophies, when you are not using the gifts that you have, when you're not using your talents, your position, your, your influence, your opinions... It sounds aggressive, but you're dying. Right? The Bible says life is found by giving it away, by using the gifts that you've been given. Also, what, what happens when, you know, one hand doesn't work as well as the other? The other has to pick up the slack, right? What happens when you lose one of your senses? You know, you always hear the other sentences heighten. In the same way, you know, that's the same way it works in the body of Christ. Another person, another body part may have to pick up the slack and being completely honest, they may not be able to, right? Because they're not you, right? That work, that job, that was meant for you. The gifts that you have uniquely satisfy the qualifications of that job, right? And it may be an extreme, but someone that God wants to hear the gospel Right, or someone that God wants to be interacted with in this certain way may not happen because you aren't fulfilling your part. Again, I know that may sound aggressive, but it is 100% true. We say all the time that the, the building isn't the church. Right, this isn't the church, that new facility, that isn't the church. We are the church, meeting the needs of people, loving on people, and serving people. And I know we, we hit on this earlier but, but our natural reaction, right, the natural reaction to this is just say, you know, I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I don't have the time. Or, or how about, you know, I've messed up too many times. I, I can't do it. I made too many mistakes. It's just simply not true. That your past does not disqualify you from being used by God. 
right? Your circumstances don't disqualify you from being used by God. In fact, your past prepares you for what God will do through you. Your past prepares you for what God is going to do through you. You may have gone through a struggle. You may have gone through a, a trial or a hardship so that you could come out the other side and then help others do the same. Right? It prepares you. You are, you are better prepared to help someone go through a divorce because you went through the same thing. You are better prepared to help someone in recovery because you went through that exact same thing. I didn't have about the one, yo, I don't, I don't know enough to help. I don't know enough about the Bible. I still have my own questions, my own doubts. You are better prepared to bring someone to Christ because of the struggles that you went through, the steps backwards that you took that you didn't let stop you in building your relationship with Christ. You are better prepared to help that person going through that exact same thing that's taken a couple steps back and needs some help going forward. And you still may struggle. You may still have doubts. You may still not know that much. But if you know the grace and the love of Jesus, that's all that matters. That's the hope that you can give to someone else. Again, every single person is so important. And the things that they've been through, the lessons that they learned matter. Again, it's who you are. It's who you are designed to be. And the works that you're called to do are because of what you've been through. Be be honest with me this morning. You know, we do we do a lot of good here. We do a lot of good as the body of Christ, the church. A lot of awesome things happen. What miracles do you think could happen if every single part of the body of Christ was fully bought in and participating? What kind of, you know, impact could we have? How many lives could be changed, saved? You know, it doesn't matter if I'm not here. It doesn't matter if I'm there on Sunday. Well, then the body of Christ is incomplete. Right? There have been plenty, plenty of people serving this week. They don't need me. And the body of Christ is that much less effective because you're not there. Your presence matters. The talents and gifts that you have, again, were given to you for a reason. Again, like I said, we do, we do a lot of good here. We, we feed a lot of people you know, through our food pantry and all the tailgates that we do. We have a lot of life groups in the fall and spring semesters that, you know, bring people fellowship and growth. Uh, We provide for a lot of kids and and students and families through our kids' ministries and student ministries, and, and those are just a couple of examples. We do a lot of good, but imagine what we could do if everyone bought in. Imagine what we could do here at Coastal if every single person in this room and every single person watching online fully bought in. Imagine what we could do in Charleston if every believer, every church came together to show God's love and to be his hands and his feet in this community. And you could take it further. Imagine what we could do worldwide. If all across the world we put aside our differences and came together you know, to be the true church, the true body of Christ. How much love could we show? How many lives could we change? I just have to think about it. If you would recognize that you matter to God and that he has given you gifts and talents unique to you and that you are as invaluable just as you, 
but also that when you are a part of the body of Christ, you take on a whole new identity that can do even more amazing things in this world. If you would recognize that, everything would change. And again, it's not even just the external impact, but the internal impact specific to this body of Christ, this church. Every part of the body needs the other to work. You have no idea how much the people here at this church need you. You may not even realize how much you need every other person at this church, but you do. Right, this is how we do life. This is how we are meant to do life. Not alone as individuals, but as a part of the body of Christ. Acts 17, 26, last little verse. It says, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Basically, you could have been put anywhere in the world. You could have been born, placed, sent to any state, country, continent at any time. But God puts you right here. He puts you right here with the gifts, the talent, and the resources that you have. So then the question is back to you. What are you going to do with them? How are you going to use this insane amount of gifts and blessings bestowed upon you to make an impact in the body of Christ and to fulfill, you know, the life that you were created to live? So that's my challenge for you this morning. Let's pray for that. Will you pray for that with me? Father God, we just, uh, we just thank you for the time this morning to come together as a whole, to come together as the body of Christ, as the church. And just, first off, worship you, God. Just thank you for that opportunity to come together, to get together. You know, there's places around the world that, you know, it's illegal to do. God, so we thank you for this opportunity to come here this morning and, and gather with believers and, and worship you and be a part of this body. And God, no matter what's going on in our lives, Everybody's got a different story, God, but no matter what that story is in their past, what it's going to be in their future, God, help every single person in this room to realize how valuable they are and that their value is not tied to anything that they do, not tied to their job, how much money they make, how successful they are. It's tied to the mere fact that they are themselves and that you created them and you designed them with a unique set of gifts that only they have. And God, help us to not only realize that, but to, but to use that and be a part of a body of Christ that is doing good works and, and realize that, yeah, you know, we're still going to be here on Sunday mornings no matter what. But it does not work like it is designed to unless every single person that is called to be a part of this body does what they're supposed to do. God, so just help us to, to realize that, to come in here and, and serve and love, use the gifts that we have to be the hands and feet, all the different body parts of your church. I would just thank you that we can be a part of it and, and that, again, you have given us the gifts and the talents and, and whatever we need. You know, we don't have to qualify ourselves, but, but you have already qualified us just being us. Help us to not be scared to, to join a community and, and to do our part and, and never to think, God, that it doesn't matter if I'm here. It doesn't matter if I'm a part of it. And God, help, if there's anyone here this morning that you know, hasn't yet been a part of the body and, and realized how valuable they are to this. 
Help them to know it in their hearts, God, and to just give it all up to you and say, I am ready to be a part of your family, a part of your church. I'm ready to use everything that you've given me to glorify you. So God, again, we thank you for all the opportunities that you give us to be a part of this family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.